Hello, and welcome to the Christ Church Cathedral Podcast. This is the sermon from our past Sunday, recorded live from the cathedral. We hope these words will really speak to your heart and mind. To the meditations of all our hearts, be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, as I mentioned earlier, uh, our diocesan social outreach coordinator, Deidre Pike, animated a morning on Wednesday in observance of the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. One of, one of the uh, uh, people she mentioned was Ruby Sales. Now, Ruby Sales is a US civil rights icon and theologian. And she asks a question, a question which she believes has power to change the world. The question came to her when she was having her hair washed. The stylist's daughter came into the salon after a rough night on the streets. Here's what Ruby says. She'd been hustling all night and she had sores on her body. She was just in a state, drugs. So something said to me, ask her, where does it hurt? And I said, Shelley, where does it hurt? And just that simple question unleashed territory in her that she'd never shared with her mother. And she talked about having been incested. And she talked about all these things that had happened to her as a child. And she literally shared the source of her pain. And I realized in that moment, listening to her and talking to her, that I needed a larger way to do this work. Where does it hurt? Last year, the federal government proclaimed September 30 as the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. It was in response to call to action number 80 in the final report of the TRC. Now, according to the TRC, the holiday is meant to honour survivors, their families and communities and ensure that the public commemoration of the history and legacy of residential schools remains a vital component of the reconciliation process. Where does it hurt? Perhaps one of the questions we ask our indigenous siblings when we pause as a nation on this day is where does it hurt? We ask the question and then we ask for the grace to listen quietly without interrupting as our indigenous siblings respond. And if we're serious about truth and reconciliation as settlers, which I pray God we are, perhaps it's a question we need to ask ourselves. Where does it hurt? And if I'm serious about truth and reconciliation as a settler, it hurts where I find out that I'm not the person that I thought I was. That we're not the nation that we are told we were. Things happened which we didn't know had happened. 
or didn't want to know had happened. And that's hard to swallow, isn't it? And it can hurt. So where do we as settlers go from here? Well, I'd like to turn to Paul's second letter to Timothy. Now, Paul's second letter to Timothy is much more personal than the first. In his first letter, Paul's concerned about instructing Timothy on how to run a church. In the second letter, Paul discusses with Timothy what it means to be a person of faith. Paul is writing from prison, likely toward the end of his life. He's encouraging Timothy to continue in Paul's life work. And why is Paul writing to Timothy? Well, Paul understands that he's an apostle. An apostle for the sake of the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. In other words, Paul's promise, uh, God's promise to us in and through Christ's living and dying and rising again is the promise of life. A fullness and a richness and a generosity of living that we can scarce imagine, both here and now and in the ages to come. This is the good news of Jesus Christ, which we call uh, the gospel. It heals us. It reconciles us. It sets us free. In short, we say the gospel saves us. The gospel empowers us to receive and embrace this promise of life. Here and now, and in the hereafter, which God holds out to us through the death and resurrection of God's Son. So Paul names his life work this morning. And then he thanks God. He thanks God for Timothy's grief, presumably when they left each other, and for the positive influence of Timothy's grandmother Lois and mother Eunice. Now Paul was concerned about Timothy. He's writing to remind Timothy to rekindle the gift of faith that is within you. And what does this gift of faith look like? Well, Paul tells Timothy that the gift he received was not one of cowardice and of fear, but rather the gift is one of power and of love and of self-discipline. Paul then summarises what he understands by the gospel, that God has restored us and God has called each of us. Not because of anything particularly heroic we've done, but because of God's grace. And this grace has been with us since the beginning of time and has now been revealed through the appearing of Jesus Christ our Lord. Paul concludes this morning by describing his own ministry and then offering that as a model for Timothy. Where does it hurt? 
Well, on a national day for truth and reconciliation, facing the truth that we may not be the nation that we thought we were, can hurt. Now, in our tendency to flee this truth or deny this truth, Holy Scripture reminds us that God does not give us a spirit of cowardice or a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and a spirit of love and a spirit of self-discipline. So that same spirit of God leads us toward and not away from this long and painful journey of coming into right relationship with ourselves and our neighbours and especially our indigenous neighbours and with God's self. How? Well, I had a couple of conversations with parishioners this week about the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, which gave me hope. Fascinated, just fascinated how this same spirit of the living God, the spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline, had worked in their lives to deepen their understanding of the lived experience of our indigenous siblings. You probably know this, Sister Heather, but Sister Marguerite came by her sensitivity honestly. Her father had emigrated as a young boy from England and she had a green nanny growing up, I think, in Manitoba. Her father recalled with fondness some of the stories and teachings he heard at his Cree nanny's knee. And he still liked to wear moccasins into his later life. Sister Marguerite herself was later employed at the national office as a program assistant for Indigenous Affairs. She read over 10,000 letters from former students of the residential schools when the Anglican Church was responding to claims. Another parishioner, members of our own community, described how her journey toward truth and reconciliation began with seeing an art installation. Some of you may have seen it, the witness blanket, which was on display at the Hamilton Public Library back in 2015. Features hundreds of items, of I hundreds of items reclaimed from residential schools and churches and government buildings and traditional and cultural structures from across Canada. She later attended the screening of the CBC documentary Colonisation Road at Cafe 541, where Val, the Venerable Val Kerr was a panellist. Led her to read Bishop Michael Bird's Lenten book some years ago, The Reason You Walk, by Wob Canoe. She recently joined a beading group which discusses books by Indigenous authors. Different stories of how God's spirit, this spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline inspired and is guiding two members of our community on this long and painful journey of truth and reconciliation.
feeling the hurt, being vulnerable, opening ourselves to this process may seem like a leap of faith. But as Jesus assures his disciples in this morning's gospel, we already have enough faith because it's God's faith before it is our own. God calls you and me simply to allow the spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline to work in us. And we gather together in these fragile communities of faith where God teaches us how to strive for justice and peace among all people and to respect the dignity of every human being. That's God's plan. That's God's plan for the healing of this beautiful and broken world that God loves so much. As simple and as challenging as that plan is. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of Christ Church Cathedral. Audio editing and original theme by Eduardo Farias. We hope you join us again soon. Have a blessed day.